Hello and welcome to Sky Talkers. My name is Caitlin and welcome to this very special episode where I am recording an audio version of the meta I wrote all about Kintsugi back in April of this year. Now, if you guys are on Twitter at all or follow us online in any capacity, you know that today has been a lot of news on the Kintsugi front within Star Wars. It is September 30th when I am recording this and today there were some extra excerpts leaked from the J.J. Abrams interview in the Empire article all about the rise of Skywalker. Now, the Empire article and magazine does not release until October 3rd, which is this Friday, I believe, but um, some subscribers got their magazine issues early and started posting about what was inside the article. And in an interview with J.J. Abrams, he basically confirmed that Kintsugi was his inspiration or part of the inspiration for Kylo Ren's helmet in The Rise of Skywalker. And if you guys have been following Skytalkers at all for the past nine, ten months, then you know that Kintsugi is something we reference a lot here. Now, Kintsugi was first, well, the helmet, the Kintsugi helmet from Kylo Ren, that first appeared in some really early leaks back in December 2018. Now, you guys know that Charlotte and I, and especially me, I don't follow leaks, but at that time in December 2018, um, you know, leaks be leaks sometimes, and they get through to you even if you're not seeking them out, which is what happened for me and um my I wasn't like up on my muted words at that point or blocked accounts or anything like that um so I did see the mask and um you know Kylo's helmet has always been a really big topic of discussion as far as Raylos and Vendemptionists go. And so I know when a lot of people saw it there was a lot of hesitation about what exactly that meant. But for me it was something that I and, and other people in the fandom too kind of immediately related back to Kintsugi. Uh, I have a bachelor's in art history, so that was something I had been introduced to in my undergraduate studies. Uh, I didn't learn a lot about it because most of my upper level courses and like where I spent a lot of my time researching, I was mainly in focused on the ancient Mediterranean, so like ancient Greece and Rome and Egypt, not so much on like China and Japan or Korea or India. I didn't do a lot over in that area of the world. So while I recognize Kintsugi, it wasn't something that I knew a lot about. So as the new year rolled around and I kind of sat with it some more and thought about it more, I decided to actually do some more research on it. And so that's what I started doing at the start of the year. And I set a personal goal for myself to actually put together a meta all about Kintsugi. Um, Metas are such a big part of the Raylo fandom and community community and there's so many amazing so incredible so many amazing metas out there that have been written by Raylo since 2015 about Ray and Kylo's relationship and about the trajectory of the Star Wars fandom and they were a really big part of Charlotte and I's introduction into the Raylo community when we became Raylos in 2017. And so to be able to write my own was really fun. And like I said, it was a goal I'd set for myself at the start of the year because this was something that I felt like I could do good research on and do good work on. And so I was excited to do that. And after we saw it on posters in April at Celebration, things like that, I thought now is the time <laughs> to actually write it, to put together all the research 
research you have. That's the fun part is the researching. And then the hard part is actually writing it. But I actually did enjoy writing it. Um, My meta, I like to call it kind of like a baby meta. It's not quite as long as some of the other Railer ones that I've read, uh, which are, like I said, all incredible. So mine's a little bit shorter. But we decided to record this audio version of it because I know not everyone follows us online. Um, Not everyone is up on Twitter all the time or really, you know, goes on our website all too much. And since it was something that was talked about today in kind of a really big platform like the Empire Magazine, we thought we would record this audio version for anyone who maybe hasn't heard it um, or would be interested in hearing more about Kintsugi and some of the research that I did do for it. Um, One of the great things about today has been that there has just been so much uplifting and encouragement within our community, both the Railroad community and the Star Wars community. Um, And there have been so many amazing threads by a lot of people just referencing back to all of these people within our our fandom that have written about this topic, have podcasted about it, tweeted about it, have made YouTube videos about it, and by and large, they're all women. And it was just such an amazing reminder and spotlight on so many wonderful women content creators out there. So I really encourage you to, if you're not on Twitter, hop on Twitter, just search Kintsugi in the, um, like in the search bar if you like don't have an account on Twitter or anything. And I guarantee you all of these wonderful threads will start popping up and you will just be amazed at everything that you're seeing and hearing. So, like I said, this is going to be an audio version of me uh, going through the meta that I wrote, but I first I thought that I would start off by reading the quote that kind of started it all uh, from J.J. Abrams within the Empire Magazine. Uh, now, like I said, the Empire Magazine doesn't come out until Friday, October 3rd. I don't really look at magazine articles as leaks. I don't really view them as spoilers, but if you do, uh, just skip ahead like 30 seconds. So this is the quote from J.J. Abrams, quote, having Kylo Ren be masked, but also fractured is a very intentional thing, like that classic Japanese process of taking ceramics and repairing them and how the breaks in a way define the beauty of the piece as much as the original itself. As fractured as Ren is, the mask becomes a visual representation of that. There's something about this that tells his history. His mask doesn't ultimately hide him and his behavior is revealed, end quote. Now, does anyone else think it's really weird that Charlotte isn't here (laughs) with me? It feels very strange. Um, I'm like, what what do I talk about? How do I do this? (laughs) Um, But that was the end of the Empire quote. So now I am going to start reading my meta that I wrote. This was on skytalkers.com. It does have some pictures and things like that. And all of the um, research that I did is linked within the article that is up on skytalkers.com. So if you are interested in more of the sources that I cite or anything like that, you can definitely head over to our website, skytalkers.com. And from here on out, it's just going to be me recording the meta. Kintsugi, Transformative Repair. A few months ago, there were episode 9 leaks in the Star Wars community about the return of Kylo Ren's helmet, which have since been proven true through the mural that was unveiled at Star Wars Celebration Chicago, and subsequently through the teaser trailer itself. This was an interesting development, because the last time we saw Kylo's helmet in The Last Jedi, Snoke was ridiculing Kylo, telling him to take that, quote, ridiculous thing off. 
Kylo proceeds to smash the mask inside the turbo lift, where we last see it in pieces on the ground as he storms away. Ryan Johnson has stated that it was actually quite difficult to destroy the mask because its design was so integral to the character's development in The Force Awakens. He felt it was necessary, though, as his film sought to begin to understand what was behind the mask. Kylo Ren as an identity, and subsequently his mask as well, has been described by both Snoke and Luke Skywalker as a shell around Ben Solo, implying that Kylo Ren is not Ben Solo's true identity or name. Quote, Luke sensed that Kylo Ren was just a shell around the same broken boy he had tried too hard to reach. From the Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry. Quote, he called himself Kylo Ren, but as with so much else about him, that was more wish fulfillment than reality. End quote. Snoke about Kylo Ren from the Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry. Kylo's mask, just like Vader's, is a pretty obvious symbol of each character using the mask to hide their true feelings and emotions and even their true identity. For fans who see Kylo Ren as being redeemed by the end of the sequel trilogy, seeing the destruction of the mask in The Last Jedi seemed like a step in the right direction. However, through both leaks and the eventual reveal in the teaser that the mask had been reconstructed in The Rise of Skywalker, there was some worry that by bringing back the mask, it was a step away from redemption and towards damnation for Kylo Ren. As has been discussed in our teaser breakdown of The Rise of Skywalker, the specific design or repair of Kylo's mask in the teaser appears to be a direct link to the Japanese art of repair that is called kintsugi. Kintsugi, translated literally, means golden joinery. The art form uses a type of naturally occurring adhesive called yurishi to adhere broken pieces of ceramic together. As the art form developed, the yurishi would be painted over with silver or gold dust as a way of illuminating the cracks. In historic Japan and today, kintsugi has developed not only as an art form, but also as a philosophy that relates back to ideas of self-care, self-improvement, and the acknowledgement of the hardships or scars that we all experience throughout life. I have a degree in art history, and even though I spent most of my art history studies in the ancient Mediterranean, I remember briefly covering Kintsugi enough to the point where I immediately related it to Kylo's mask when I first saw the leaked poster in December. However, I certainly didn't know much about it, other than it was an art form based in Japan with ties back to self-improvement. Since the mask has been confirmed and publicized, I decided to do a little more research on the topic and share that here and extrapolate how it might relate back to Star Wars and Kylo Ren. The sources I consulted are all linked at the bottom of the meta. Development of Kintsugi As discussed above, Kintsugi is a form of ceramic repair that uses the naturally occurring yurishi as an adhesive. Using gold or silver paint to illuminate the yurishi would not come into practice until the 16th century, but the use of yurishi as a type of glue has been discovered in repaired ceramics as early as 25 to 1500 BCE. It is worth noting that Yurishi is the renewable resource, much like the theme of hope throughout Star Wars as a mainstay in our characters' hearts and motivations. The Yurishi liqueur comes from the aptly named Chinese liqueur tree, or its scientific name, Taxcotendron vernicuflum, which I'm sure I pronounced incorrectly. <laughs> kintsugi ware, or pieces that have been prepared in the kintsugi method, were generally associated with and used in tea ceremonies. Tea ceremonies in Japan are very ritualized, with specific choreography, types of tea, and teaware being used at certain times throughout the year. You can find lots of examples online of, con- of contemporary Japanese tea houses still performing these tea ceremonies. The few that I've watched have all emphasized that the tea ceremony is an opportunity to leave your life outside, practice meditation, and find an inner quiet or peace.
There are many theories and histories about where and how exactly kintsugi developed. One of the most popular ones is the story of how an emperor's favorite tea bowl was broken. He loved the tea bowl enough that he had it sent to China for repair. The importation of ceramics from China to Japan was historically quite frequent, especially in this time. When it came back to Japan, fused together with metal staples, a popular repair technique in China, he was very displeased. From there, kintsugi developed as a way to ensure the repaired ceramic could still be used. As far as I can tell, the story has never been definitively proven. As with most fables that have traveled down to us through time, though, there's always a bit of truth in legends. Some scholars, like Guy Kuhlmans, an artist, researcher, and designer who has studied kintsugi extensively, links the art form back to an early tea master, Senoraiku, who lived from 1522 to 1591. Raikyu is remembered for the heavy influence he had on the, quote, way of tea. The way of tea is basically a blueprint for the different types of tea ceremonies in Japan. It was around this time that tea ceremonies began to have an aesthetic quality to them. It is noted that Raikyu had an affinity for broken and repaired things. This is an interesting fact about a well-regarded tea master because elsewhere, it was seen as poor taste to serve guests with broken or repaired teaware. Visitors and guests of Raikyu, though, have been documented as purposefully breaking things in order to gain the affections of the tea master. Another tea master with a similar predilection towards imperfection was Muratu Juko, who lived from 1423 to 1502. Both tea masters were active during the Sengaku period, which was from 1467 to 1603. This was a time period in Japan that was marked heavily by war and bloodshed and political upheaval. The connection between kintsugi and warfare seems almost heavy-handed. These tea masters began to put value on things in need of repair, because they lived in a time where politics, society, and people were in need of constant repair themselves, both physically and emotionally. Furthermore, the tea ceremony was supposed to be a time when you could forget the tragedies that were waiting for you on the battlefield. For Raikou, the quote, gap between the vanity of pristine appearance and the fractured manifestation of mortal fate deepened the ceramics appeal. Quote from Klumans. Raikou and Juku's affinity for repaired things would lay the foundation for Kintsugi a few decades later. The horrors of the Sengaku period lasted over a century, with generations of people being subject to the demands of dictators, emperors, and vassal leaders. Or, in the case of Star Wars, generations of people being subject to the Galactic Senate, the Separatists, the Galactic Empire, the Rebellion, the First Order, the New Republic, the Resistance, the Jedi, the Sith, Emperor Palpatine, etc. Years of all these factions trying to gain the upper hand, with many innocent planets and peoples being affected in the end. Regardless of who was on the good or bad side, no one was really winning in the grand scheme of things. This has been pointed out multiple times, both within the Clone Wars as well as being a heavy theme of The Last Jedi, where Rose and DJ both educate Finn on how the wealthy benefit from both sides of the war, good and bad. This notion has never been more true, though, than with the return of Emperor Palpatine and the rise of Skywalker. Kylo Ren himself points out that he wants to get rid of it all. Snoke, Skywalker, the Sith, the Jedi, the Rebels, let it all die. What Kylo doesn't know, though, what Kylo doesn't know, though, yet, is that he would just be repeating the same cycle. And even if Rey joined him, he wouldn't be healed of his bad deeds or forget his own past. This is, after all, only the second chapter of a three-act story. When we meet Maz Kanata in The Force Awakens, she reminds us of the cyclical nature of time and subsequently of war as well when she says, if you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. 
The foundations of Kintsugi relate back to not just a cultural period of war and hardship, but also to an ecological phenomenon as well, earthquakes. The Japanese people and landscape were often subject to the, er- to the effects of earthquakes, as Japan sits on multiple fault lines from where tectonic plates meet. I didn't do extensive research on this fact, but Wikipedia noted that there was an excess of earthquakes during the Sengaku period in addition to the warfare. All in all, 16th century Japan was not a fun place to be, it seems. Rodney Bamford, an artist and expert in ceramics, writes that kintsugi is a craft, quote, directed by an ecological, end quote, sense of responsibility to care in which expression of repairs functions as a powerful attractor. As the people were impacted by the literal and often devastating cracks in the earth around them, this was translated into the repair of ceramics. Where perhaps the land itself cannot be healed, the ceramic can be. As a fun aside, in Kluman's writings, he often writes that the cracks in earthquakes and in ceramics mended with kintsugi as force expressions. This notion of earthquakes being a factor in the development of kintsugi is especially interesting when one considers the scene at the end of The Force Awakens, when the earth splits apart Kylo and Rey in the middle of their battle. In this scene from The Force Awakens, the earth is split apart. Many speculate, and I tend to agree, that the cosmic force purposely drove Kylo and Rey apart in this moment because they were not ready yet to fight as one. This scar on the earth is mirrored by the physical scar that Rey gives Kylo's face just moments before. These scars will then be further paralleled in Kylo's newly repaired helmet in The Rise of Skywalker. Cracks and scars, however, are meant to be healed. Even still, as Rumi wrote, quote, The wound is the place where the light enters you. But the defining factor of a scar is that even though it may be healed, it is still visible. Kintsugi is this concept realized in art form. In fact, the next time we see Kylo, he is in the process of being healed. His wound is being stitched, but is still visible, as I predict it always will be. Kintsugi and Tea Ceremonies Christy Bartlett, in her book Flickwork, The Aesthetics of Mended Japanese Ceramics, details the relationship between kintsugi and the specific tea ceremony that happened during the time of the year that is referred to as nagori. Nagori no chaj is a tea ceremony that is held specifically at the end of autumn, around the last two weeks of October. This specific tea ceremony is when pieces of kintsugi ware were brought out to be used. Historically, this is the time during the year when communities were preparing for the winter months. According to Bartlett, this usually involved community members coming together to perform activities that required group effort, such as repairing roofs. The word nagori itself means remains, traces, or memory. As the time of harvest comes to a close, the nagori no chaj tea ceremony involves savoring the last of the tea leaves that were picked the previous November. The ceremony is a time when, quote, we feel sadness from parting, the nagori, with this tea. It is also a time of nature's seasonal decline, letting go, letting go of the old in anticipation of the new, end quote from Bartlett. But it's not about completely letting go, though, because Bartlett also details that in some Nagori no Chaj tea ceremonies, writings from family members or members of the community who have passed on are brought to the ceremony to be read and honored as the year comes to a close. This tea ceremony is one of the most interesting points, I think, where kintsugi is specifically used. It is used at the end of the season in anticipation of the new year, a new spring, a rising season, rebirth. This ceremony is often marked, though, with remembrance, a reminder that even though time has passed, no one is ever truly gone. As Luke also mentions in the Rise of Skywalker teaser, we have passed on all we know. 
Bartlett notes that the, quote, scrolls that passed on family or community members set the tone, quote, for the tea ceremony. It is fitting that we see Rey take the Jedi books from Octo, as I think they will be used in the Rise of Skywalker as a way of remembering and honoring the past, as our characters and the galaxy as a whole come together in order to finally vanquish Palpatine and move into a new period of hope and freedom. In his research, Kilmans writes that the suffix of kintsugi, sugi, is the Japanese word for, quote, connection, joinery, successor, patch, or next, end quote. In relation to the physical mending of ceramics, this makes sense. Coleman's continues by writing that the word is also used to describe family bonds in regard to inheritance, succession, and the continuation of family traditions or craft. To be honest, when I tried to do more research on this specific usage of the word, I could only find literal translations before I was being directed to sites in Japanese that I wasn't 100% certain if I was getting quality translations from. Regardless, though, it's an interesting thought to spin out with Star Wars in mind. Sugi, referring to the, connect, to the continuation of family traditions like the Jedi, the light side, force capabilities, etc., also used as a connection, the force bond or connection between Kylo and Rey. Kintsugi wear is frequently used in a tea ceremony that honors the passage of time while also remembering those who have come before. For the rise of Skywalker, I see Kylo and Rey taking the writings and knowledge of Luke and others and using their connection to defeat Palpatine and move into a new period of freedom. They accomplish this with the scars of their past, their own marks of Kintsugi. Affects and Accidental Fractures The use of Kintsugi wear in tea ceremonies in particular is meaningful as it also relates to the Japanese mindset of Mushin, which is translated as no mind. Mushin, though, is more complicated a word and carries, quote, connotations of fully existing within the moment, of non-attachments, of equanimity, amid changing conditions, of removal from the desire to impose one's will upon the world, end quote from Bartlett. Mushin starts to sound a lot like the Jedi mindset before things were muddled and manipulated by Palpatine. Bartlett has a lot of good things to say about the philosophy behind Kintsugi and Mushin, but one of my favorites is this. Accidental fractures set in motion acts of repair that accept given circumstances and work within them to lead to an ultimately more profound experience. Rey is the accidental fracture in the Skywalker saga. She started this journey, created the first visible crack on Kylo Ren's face that will lead us through to the end of their story. Throughout The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, Kylo and Snoke express their surprise that a mere girl has caused so much upheaval. Snoke takes time in the throne room scene to tell Rey just how surprised he is that it was her all along that was destined to be the light that met Kylo's darkness. I believe this surprised Palpatine as well. The Force awakens in her and sets in motion all kinds of acts and events that will ultimately lead to a more profound existence for her. My belief, though, is that this profound experience and existence extends to herself and Kylo. They represent a balance, or as Ryan Johnson says, two halves of a whole, the two halves of a protagonist. Rey scarring Kylo's face is a physical symbol of their connection, of her role as a fracture to his current existence. The forces that act upon ceramics to eventually break them are called affects. Giles Deleuze and Felix Guattari discuss the difference between affects and affections in their book, What is Philosophy? Affects are forces that flow through materials. When looking at ceramics, affects are the pressures that work against the ceramics to eventually break them. 
Clumens takes Deleuze and Guattari's work and applies it to the affection or attraction that people can feel towards Kintsugi wear. Quote, materials present a composition of forces which pull us into relation with objects, end quote, that have been affected by different forces, i.e. broken. The phrase, I think, can be altered to apply to the real world, too. People present a composition of experiences or influences which pull us into an attraction with them. But all of these people and experiences and influences can eventually exert enough pressure to crack the facade or person they're influencing. Bartlett describes the cracks in Kintsugi wear as a diagram of the points of impact. When it comes to Kylo Ren, I think you can infer a lot of points of impact. Himself, Rey, Snoke, Han, Luke, etc. They're all placing emotional pressure on him, which leads to him destroying the mask in The Last Jedi. Snoke's comments act as the last straw, but everything has been building to that moment for Kylo. Deleuze and Kuchari also discuss the different types of affects, vibration, distension, and clinch. The way that Clumens writes about the clinch as a type of affect against ceramics or people is fascinating when thinking about it in comparison to Ray and Kylo. He writes, quote, The clinch is a compound sensation that arises from the transmission of force through material, but with its own unique affective capacities. When a clinch in material is perceived, it is not a passive sensory experience of materials bonded together, but an active becoming in which the viewer is drawn and bound to the sensation itself. In this metaphor, Ray is the clinch. She transmits force, cracks into Kylo, just as Kylo also cracks himself when he kills his father in The Force Awakens. Quote, the deeds split your spirit to the bone. But just as Rey participates in the physical wounding of Kylo, she is also bound to him, as he is bound to her. Kylo Ren and the Rise of Skywalker All of this leads us back to Kylo and his mask. If Kylo is to be redeemed, why bring it back at all? As the art form of Kintsugi developed, it was inherently tied to seeing beauty and value in broken things. Above all else, in my opinion, Kylo's mask is a metaphor for there still being value in Kylo, Ben Solo, as a person. A character that is continuously drawn to the light, a figure who is literally cracked, and now the mask that he used to hide his face for so long has been a diagram of the points of impact in his own life and a symbol for his own transformative repair. Having visible cracks, scars, is essential in Kylo's healing. Hiding his face behind the mask allowed him to conceal the doubts and fears he felt with Snoke. An important aspect of Kintsugi is that not only are the cracks in ceramics visible and highlighted with gold and silver, but they are tangible as well. The Yurishi stands out on the vessel. The brokenness is tactile to the user. This means that the user is able to interact and relate to the brokenness and repair of the ceramic. Kintsugi is seen as a way to, quote, champion cracks and damage as expressions of a dynamic life, end quote, from Kuhlman's. Historic and contemporary users of Kintsugi wear, or those who use it as an art form, all comment that through the breaks and subsequent repair, the piece is given a new life, a rebirth, and a chance to move forward, scars and all. It is a practice that wholeheartedly believes in the concept of precious scars. For those that predict and want redemption for Kylo, this is a big part of his character arc. Redemption for Kylo is not about erasing what he has done in the past. It is not about taking to heart Kylo's decree of let the past die. He's wrong, by the way. 
I think at this stage in his journey, Kylo would like nothing more than to throw away everything about his life, both as Ben Solo and Kylo Ren, and start completely over with no past. Whether this is on the light side or dark side is a separate conversation. But in general, Kylo is not at all pleased with his current situation at the end of The Last Jedi. Redemption for Kylo, for Ben, really means picking up the pieces of his past, good and bad, putting them together and using what he has learned and overcome in order to step forward into the future. In life, we are often taught to hide our tragedies, bury our pain, and smile more. Through that process, though, we often don't allow ourselves to confront our painful past and experiences, to really process them, learn from them, and begin to heal from them. Kintsugi allows one to convey a sense of rupture and of continuity. It is a, quote, expression of frailty and of resilience, life before the incident and life after. In its rebirth, the object assumes a new identity that incorporates yet transcends the previous identity, end quote from Bartlett. We discuss a lot the theme of belonging within the third trilogy. For many of our characters, belonging is directly tied to a name and to an identity. Finn received his name in The Force Awakens. Rey discovered that she doesn't need one in The Last Jedi. As our final main character, Kylo will have to reconcile with his name and identity in The Rise of Skywalker. The fact that Kintsugi is so closely tied to ideas of rebirth and renewal of self and is a clear connection to Kylo's mask is telling. In Revenge of the Sith, Anakin lost his name and was trapped within the identity of Darth Vader. Return of the Jedi saw Luke triumphantly claim his identity as his father's son, despite the sins of Darth Vader. Kylo, I think, will do much of the same. Lose his identity as Kylo Ren, accept his place in the Skywalker family, and possibly adopt a new name. Kylo's redemption doesn't mean destroying the mask, because he can't actually destroy or get rid of the sins he has committed in the past. I still think there's a lot up in the air, and still is, about who repaired the mask and who wanted it repaired, and how Kylo will wear and keep the mask throughout the film. Since we see the mask presumably on Kylo's face in the mural, I think we can assume he will wear it at least once in the film. I think it's good that the mask was brought back into The Rise of Skywalker, because Kylo has not been redeemed yet, and even with his redemption, the life he lived as Kylo Ren is not erased. One thing I love about the design of the Kintsugi mask is how it is repaired with the color red. Red is, of course, a color within Star Wars associated with the dark side, and darksiders pretty much exclusively use red lightsabers. Red was also the most prominently used color in The Last Jedi. Using red for Kylo's mask makes us think of Kylo himself, and of the use of the color throughout the previous film. The Last Jedi, though heavily hinted at the themes of the red string of fate, which Ryan Johnson tweeted about multiple times during production of the film. The red string of fate is an idea often used in storytelling in which characters' fates are inextricably intertwined. The idea between the string is that it may tangle and knot, but the connection, the destiny, between the two characters can never be erased. Many have tied this back to Kylo and Rey's force bond in The Last Jedi, implying that their connection will still be accessible in the next film. The red cracks on Kylo's mask are all reminiscent of these different uses of the color red throughout the films. I interpret the color choice of red in the Kintsugi mask as not only reminding the audience of Kylo's current place in the dark side, but also his connection to Rey. It's worth noting also that perhaps the most important scenes from Rey and Kylo in The Last Jedi feature a lot of red tones and warm colors, notably the hand touch scene and the throne room scene. The connection back to Rey is imperative because as mentioned above, she is an essential point of impact for Kylo when she first scars his face. 
As their connection appears to be destined by the cosmic force, she is a part of his transformative repair, just as Kylo was a part of hers in The Last Jedi. Conclusion Kintsugi has been used as inspiration for many different types of art forms. One of my favorite ones that I came across was from a book of poems entitled The Price of Scarlet Poems by Brianna Knoll from 2017. This is her poem entitled Kintsugi. It is inevitable that porcelain will crack, that the crack will fork and rend pieces from the whole. This is the law of odds, the nature of time, that no amount of liqueur resin can reverse. Imagine instead a chronicle of change, for even the crudest stone cups, cracks can be seamed with gold glorifying the break. Golden joinery, aesthetics of repair, a trace of the meander and the mending. You might call this imposition, but what does it matter? Who is first? What is original? Fill a kintsugi teapot with matcha and water. The tea will brew a vivid green in taste sweet and astringent like gold. Kylo's Kintsugi mask is not about him putting it back on to be the most evil. It's a connection to the art of precious scars, a connection to notions of transformative repair, a connection that implies that even though so much has gone wrong, so much has been lost, there is still hope that even with our scars, with our tragedies and sadness, we can still be put back together again. We can still be valued. I don't know if Kylo's mask will still be intact by the end of the film, but I am confident that its relation back to Kintsugi is substantial and meaningful for where we should anticipate his character to go in The Rise of Skywalker. The end. Well, if you made it all the way to the end of this, thank you so much for listening in. I had a really fantastic time writing this meta, and it's been really great reading people's comments on it when I posted it back in April and when I first started talking about it in December, as well as seeing all of the other amazing content creations from many other people in the fandom. Uh, If you like this, please let us know. If you'd be interested in more content like this from us, you can find us on skytalkers.com, where, like I said, you can find a full list of the sources that I use for this meta. You can also find us on Twitter at skytalkerspod or my Twitter, which is at Caitlin Plusher, and Charlotte's Twitter, which is at Frarity. And if you like what you hear, you can support us by leaving a review on iTunes or by heading over to our Patreon. Thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods, the Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.